I need to do my homework more, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, I think that's... Am I going to get quizzed at the end of the, end of the month? It's like, yeah, have you done your exactly. homework? Yeah, have you done your Prince homework? <laughs> Hi, my name's Lee. Uh, I'm um, one of the founders of Prince Party UK and uh, been a Prince fan since the early 90s. Yep, um, I'm Chopin. I'm one of the London meetup group and I've been a Prince fan since uh, pretty much the same year as Lee. Yeah, yeah. that's 90, how we bonded. 92? 92, yeah. 92. Dipped my toe in with the Batman album and then it was Diamonds and Pearls. So. See, I dipped my toe in about 91, but it wasn't until 92 where I realised, ah, I'm a Prince fan. I love all this stuff. Yeah. I'm, hi, my name's Lee and I'm a Prince fan. It's been 25 minutes since I listened to my last Prince song. It's been about no seconds since my last conversation about Prince. So, what's your thoughts on the latest reissues that are going to be released on the 17th of April? Okay, so the Rainbow Children, One Night Alone, One Night Alone Live, yeah. and It Ain't Over. Yeah, and It Ain't Over. For some reason, I thought that was a bootleg. Like, when I, I think I saw, I saw it somewhere in a shop, and I always thought, because it, it kind of, the artwork on the front. It's interesting, he's kind of one of the reasons I found this era so exciting was because the artwork looked a little bootleggy and I was a little obsessed at this point I was a little obsessed with bootleg culture and when Prince brought everything back in house you know like 96 97 so like starting like kind of the crystal ball chaos and disorder that kind of era actually that's one of the reasons I got so heavily into him in like this wave was because of how the artwork yeah was. yeah because because like when he ch- for me like after ninety five he changes his sound chaos yeah. and disorder and if the, uh, chaos and disorder is kind of like the last of the kind of gold era sounding stuff mm-hmm. and then once emancipation comes in it was like oh this is completely different new power soul this is completely different uh, again and it was like the artwork it was kind of bootleggy so it was kind of like all right I'm used to do you think that was done on purpose or is it just more to just get it out and well apparently Crystal Ball was that's what Steve Park said was that Crystal Ball was basically a reference to bootleg culture and the reason the plastic disc was there was something that can't be bootlegged yeah because I bought the the plastic spindle uh, I think it was Brixton and I remember seeing it I think it was like 50, 50 pound or something like that and it was just all the discs in a spindle and then you could go to a website yeah. and uh, download the artwork and it had all the tracks and stuff on there and everything yeah. like, which I think you can still I'll post the link up in the podcast there's a still there's still a website that's archived yeah. all the I think it's Prince Museum online yeah and it's got all the stuff there's a little picture of me on there really? yeah I didn't know that from one letter from the uh, MPG Music Club there's a picture of me on stage during the One Night Alone <laughs> Tour. I'm so going to Google that. When exactly. <laughs> I'll show you the link to it. It's, yeah. It's pretty um, yeah, I think it's Prince Museum Online. It's got all the websites and I think the Crystal Ball website's on there and you can still see all the stuff. I, the, I, as an aside, talking about this artwork uh, for this era is that um, it's interesting that Graffiti Bridge is Steve Parks mm-hmm. you know, doing what he's trained to do, which is the painting. And, yeah. And then this then 
it's the same person doing Crystal Ball, the new Power Soul, is the same artist kind of learning this new stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting, it's the same person, but the aesthetic is totally different. To match the changing style? Well, yeah, exactly. So he got, he got, he surrounded himself with people that changed as much as he did, you know, and Mm -hmm. kind of just went on the ride and nothing that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, So what's your thoughts on the legacy reissues then? As someone who missed out on the Rainbow Children vinyl first time around, uh, I'm extremely happy. Um... Because it's like gold dust, isn't it? I remember someone posted oh, up a God, video. Oh, I've, I've seen them go for like six. I mean, I remember seeing it, the original ones, for like... It was originally 35, but I missed the last one in the shop by about half an hour. So it was 35 pounds, so I was guided. Then it was at a time when I weren't earning very much money. So it was like 100... Then it went straight up to 100 pounds like a month later. And then it stayed around 200-ish... Is it still? What's that? What, what's uh, no, the until he died, and then it, for some reason, the minute he died, it went up to six hundred, six hundred to a thousand for the right. original vinyl. Yeah, I saw him for about five, to, between five at the lower end, uh, thousand at the higher end. And the weirdest thing about that is that my immediate thought when he died, with all of this stuff going up in price, I'm like, I don't understand because it's more likely to be reissued once he's died than with him alive like because Prince isn't going to reissue the Rainbow Children he's got the next thousand albums to release in his head you know Rainbow Children is a long distance but like from a from from a reissuer's point the minute he passed you know one of the immediate things I kind of thought of was you know after the initial shock of oh it's sad was like okay so I'm guessing the Rainbow Children's going to be reissued at some point. Mm. And it was like in the first week, I remember thinking that. So with the original version of the vinyl and when the reissue comes out, what happens to the price? This is probably a really stupid question. No, it stay, I think it stays the same. It stays the same. Because first of all, it's black vinyl. It's not clear vinyl. It's uh, it's still a first edition. Mm-hmm. You know, the first edition of Charles Dickens, you know, A yeah, Christmas yeah. Carol That's what I thought. is still the same price after every reissue of A Christmas Carol. Um, it's still the first edition from a collector's point of view. I mean, it's the same thing happened to uh, His Majesty's Pop Life when they did it for the record store day. Mm. So when I was out uh, at Paisley in April uh, for the celebration, we heard rumours, uh, Sony Legacy were there. And we heard rumours that Rainbow Children was going to be issued, so we kind of knew it yeah. was going to happen. So, not surprised that it. it Although I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet that. You know, think about the albums that have been left that haven't been reissued. Things like News, Expectation, and C Note, which would make a great triple. Yeah. Reissue, as long as with, as long as we. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think we're going to get? Yeah. Why not? I mean. Did anybody think chaos and dis- was? <laughs> yeah, is chaos and disorder any more immediate a need than expectation or news? True, right? Yeah, yeah. is was um, anybody who wanted the Versace experience on cassette on vinyl is pretty much going to buy news yeah. or, or expectation or Cino, right? Yeah at this point and also the originals as well it was 
that was... Well, those weren't... I mean, those weren't... It wasn't a reissue, but it well, was Well, Expectation... A... Expectation, Chocolate Invasion, Slaughterhouse have never officially had a physical release. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, ask you. Do you think that we'll see any physical releases of them? I don't see why not. I'm not... You know, I'm not there here to guarantee and say what's... I love got. Daisy Chain. Daisy Chain is fantastic. Yeah, I always think... I always thought that that should have been, like, a separate 7-inch. Yeah, yeah. But, um... You know, like that's another thing. The MPG Music Club singles that they did, the CDs with like Peace and Super yeah. Cute and uh, Gamilla and stuff. That that would be a great series of seven inches to come out. Yes, right. Doing with yeah. forty five vinyls. Why are you not working there? Seriously, I <laughs> <laughs> this know, guy with the, with the artwork because they were like flat card CDs yeah. and with artwork on each side. Like, a, can you imagine uh, Daisy Chain, Daisy Chain, Gamilla seven inch with the yeah. artwork on both sides? I would be into that. That's a really good. Yeah. The only thing I would request and beg and plead with the estate is with news please 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 make it 180 gram vinyl whatever the colour is make it 180 gram full you know audio file it deserves it plus can you make it so it's the uh, fold out Artwork, oh, so it's the fold out. Like the CD where it folds out and it's a compass. Yeah, I was going to say it should be like, like a compass. And also make it, rather than try and compress it onto two songs on each side, which I don't think you can because they're 14 discs, it, that's going to have to be a double album with one song on each side. New, new, uh, north, east, west and south. Because they're 14 minutes, you can't fit two of them on. Yeah, so north, east, west yeah. and south. Just two discs, one song each side, 180 gram, full north, press. Or, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the only... Well... Do you think that can be done? Yeah, it can be done, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be the best way to do it. Yeah, just, that was just, just trying to work that out in my head. Yeah. Rather than See, trying to why cram. are you not working there? Seriously. <laughs> Hire this guy. <laughs> if they do it now, this then is, they know... This is my audition <laughs> <team>. <laughs> I'm currently looking at a job at Paisley Park. <laughs> I was a trained archivist. <laughs> no, no. You can download his CV via this link. <laughs> I'm available to lo- relocate to Minneapolis or Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's Rainbow Children. Are you happy? Because obviously we talked about this before we started recording was about the artwork and the and the, the map. Okay. I, the idea of these being reissued, I don't understand being anything but happy that these things are coming out, right? Mm-hmm. My mindset is that as a fan, whatever comes out, you should support it because it helps the estate and, ha- you know, it costs money to run Paisley Park. The visiting numbers yes. for celebration have been dropping. So just support it, support the music, support support Prince as much as you can. That's, that's my, you know, I don't critique. I don't feel that I should be criticising what is and what isn't being released can, as long as there is stuff being re-released I think I think you can critique it's, critique is yeah. always good like the Rainbow Children the slip mat that comes with it it's great the idea of it coming with a slip mat problem is the slip mat look, would look that slip mat would look better with 2010 so when you reissue 2010 on clear vinyl give it a Rainbow Children slip mat and we'll just swap them around swap ourselves. them around yeah <laughs> right Cause some, yeah because I remember we talked about this so someone uh, photoshopped it with the other the image of him yeah the cover of the work yeah single. Was it, the work, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah I think that's a poor choice so you can critique that 
And wasn't there a criticism the that op- the vinyl was clear and it should be purple like the other reissues? Uh, or you don't think it sure, does Sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rainbow Children on vinyl. Uh, yeah, stop complaining. <laughs> it could be a picture disc of Trump, Donald Trump. I will still play it. But, you know, like... No, don't do that. No, well, no, I don't want it. But <laughs> but um, it would be a... Yeah, I see what you mean. It does, it's it's like, coming back on vinyl. Sure, again, appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, again, it. these are critiques, and critiques are fair, and what you'd prefer is fair. I think the problem is with high emotion in fans of someone that's recently passed, a lot of the time the critique goes into the realms of this is what he would have wanted, that's what he would have wanted, this is what he would have wanted, rather than I would prefer. Yeah. You know, and the truth is, all of my critiques about any of the reissues is I would prefer, not he wouldn't want that because I I don't know Prince. I know his work, and what I know of his work and him is what he wanted in the morning was not necessarily wanted in the afternoon. Yeah. So the idea that you can predict what he would have wanted four years down the road is ludicrous. Mm, yeah, it's true. Any thoughts on more thoughts on the Rainbow Children? Or? Well, right, apart from, apart from the fact that it's a stellar musical moment, plus it's, I mean, it's a stellar musical moment with lyrics that I personally find problematic. Um, I really find that religious approach so different to Love Sexy, but I was still moved by parts of it. You, you I mean, she loves me for me, and last yeah. December are still beautiful songs uh family name and everlasting now are still very interesting takes on uh american civil rights history especially when you think about them being recorded at the same time as something like avalanche which is on one night alone uh and also the live version of avalanche on one night alone tour i find it a very interesting musical moment even if I find some of the more dogmatic religious stuff problematic but this was the same time as the Kevin Smith stuff wasn't it the, when they did the talks uh, yeah well Rainbow Children was the year before I believe oh no no that was that year yeah yeah. and that was the album or that they talked about where Kevin Smith interviewed the fans or was that am I wrong I'm pretty it's one of those celebrations I can't remember which one it was I think it was because that was where yeah it was the one where Rainbow Children was released yeah Yeah. and Kevin Smith talked about Prince holding up uh, a copy of the Bible and getting people to move different sides of the room and stuff and yeah it was very much about religion and it's interesting that of all the footage of Prince that we know about that's kind of my least important to see yeah yeah I mean I'd love to see the live shows from those celebrations but that footage of that particular Moment. Well, he said he's never, he was never going to see the light of day anyway from the start. So, if I remember his story correctly, Isn't, um, that's ninety percent of what Prince did was yeah, never going to see no, the yeah. light of day. Well, that's what the assistant. Or that was that part was of his story. Yeah, the story yeah. of talking about uh, the assistant where she takes Kevin Smith to one side and said, "The majority of stuff that I've worked on won't see the light of day." So, and since then they made thirty one twenty one the movie. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think that would see the light of day? I think. Anything is possible at the moment after, like, I Feel For You demo. uh, My hopes would be that some stuff from the 90s, mid-90s, the more sweary, freedom-fighty prints, angry at Warner Brothers prints comes out. um, But, you know, 
Yeah. I think, you know, they're going to have to milk the 80s a little bit more first. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So, One Night Alone? One Night Alone. Um, Here's the thing. To say that One Night Alone is an album that's been previously released, therefore... uh, you know, it's not worth... You know, some of the arguments about not reissuing some of these things, like, well, well, give us something new, not One Night Alone. Well, let's talk about One Night Alone and how it was released. The fact of the matter is, before the streaming, it's pretty much on CD it was available for a year if you if you happen to be one of the people that paid... How much paid is that at the moment, do you know? What, original the, ones? Yeah, the original ones. I, I, I've seen it for above 100 for the original ones. So the original CD, and it was never on vinyl. No. It was, you know, it was originally a CD that came as part of the music club. So if you'd paid $100, you got one yeah. outline CD. That, and that's the only physical release. It was available for one year if you paid $100 to be part of a club. Uh, other than that, it was just digital streaming for a few years until 2004 and then that all came offline and then it wasn't officially available until um, Prince's deal with Tidal right yeah which is uh, 2015 2014 it was uh, 20 must have been 2014 2014 2015 definitely to 2014 it was with hit and run so it was about 2014 2015 yeah yeah. so 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 it's languishing in the wilderness for 10 years with no official release so the idea that this is something like Purple Rain or Sign of the Times where it's just always been readily available to everyone is kind of you have you know unless you were a kind of a fan at the time it's pretty much stuff that's unknown to you until you know and but this is the first time it's on vinyl isn't it the first time on vinyl was always good um the vinyl collectors um, I'm kind of going to flip this at you because well, this this, is... this era I mean I'm a Prince fan that was constant throughout and I know that you dipped out some of it so for yeah. you what's this so this a lot of it is uh, new because I dipped out uh, around just after Raven Teal um, obviously a lot of stuff going on in my life I'd just become a dad and I just started my first job so I had a lot of stuff going on and yeah and then I think I came back 2007 yeah and then saw him uh 21 nights um and then got into like musicology he loved the musicology track um 31 21 uh musicology uh planet, planet earth. earth yeah so I I, I came back uh, and then, yeah, Plant, Lotus Flower. Yeah, and Lotus Flower, yeah, I became a member and was on the website and always loved his, uh, and this is one of my, you know, things is his creativeness with the websites and the online stuff. I was a member of MPG Music Club and then obviously when Lotus Flower came out and you signed up and you got the T-shirt and I remember the T-shirt coming, it was like, I remember joining and then I think the t-shirt came like five or six weeks later and I was like oh yeah I completely forgot I was getting a free t-shirt like you actually got your t-shirt because yeah. a lot of people didn't oh didn't didn't they because yeah, I, I remember yeah. I was um, I was at the the our first uh, the party that I met you at and I remember Neil had the Lotus Flower 
t-shirt and i think i was wearing the lotus flower t-shirt it was like oh you had a t-shirt too <laughs> yeah i know it's like all oh, right I, I thought i was the only one it was like one of them things it was like i thought i only had the lotus flower t-shirt um yeah and i loved the website on that and you, you could navigate all the all, all the albums and all the interaction all the hidden stuff as well but i remember it was just incredibly slow and laggy and yeah and and stuff like that um i think that's available on the prince online museum uh, which was created by I think Sam Jennings is the guy. Yes, yeah, Sam Jennings. Sam Jennings, I think. Yeah, was Lotus Flower on. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's he's archived all the websites, and yeah. you can because that's what I like to do now. I like to go through it and remember yeah. what what websites that I remember and um, and stuff like that. So and what what things I downloaded and what things because remember the orb and navigating the videos and stuff like that. So oh, that was so good. It was, it was, but it was, you know, and this is, you know, I don't think Prince gets enough credit for his connection to the fans with technology. I, th- I think that's always, I think because he never sustained any of them very long because Prince can't sustain yeah, much long because he gets bored so quick or mm. he got bored so quickly. So by the time Lotus Flowers, you've created this great, you know, format it's like he's already kind of gone oh no but the future is that now that this exists the future is something else yeah yeah but uh, his his technology uh, his love of technology and how it connect how he connected with the fans um has always been one of my fascinations and one of my topics i like to talk about yeah. and i'd love to see some kind of subscription service with the estate of like have bringing back I know it's been mentioned by some fans about bringing back MPG Music Club and doing some kind of because I know people like collecting all the vinyl and stuff but I'm more of a digital person I'd like to do some kind of subscription service where you can see a lot of the archive stuff or you can get new re- digital releases or music videos or some kind of subscription service the Prince version of Netflix you know something <sighs> See, my int- uh, my interest would be let's go off topic about the reissues no, or anything. But no, this is all. A- but this is about how the reissues will be presented. You know, you can uh, argue how the or sorry, not argue. That's for other online places. Um, but you can discuss how the best to present it. And for me, I think the online p- subscription service is an interesting one. But I would approach it in a more archival, yeah, way. I what you would have is. You know, of those ten thousand cassettes they said that they found, like this month's object or this month's cassette or dat tape that we found is this. You know, and then you'll have all the pictures like you do with the. Uh, oh yeah, kind of like a. This is what we found, and this is how we're archiving like an it. An archive update, thing. and then you kind of have like a news feature about this is what we found. This is where it, or, this is where it's from. This is the error. Uh, these and are the notes that we found with it all yeah and be, then you'll have 24 and you can have the option of like an mp3 stream but you'll also have a 24 bit you know yeah have that mode as well yeah so download. it could be a subscription service and the, and and it could not only be and not limited to just uh audio it could be documents and video as yeah. well i uh, a script that never got made this notebook is now a book you know yeah, it's like a, a, a pdf a, yeah, document exactly. of a, a script or anything like that uh, think, so and you could a digital archive exactly and, and accessible by fans accessible by fans maybe not the complete archive so because you, you want to curate more commercial no. releases but this could be a place where for the super nerds to 
you know, it doesn't cost much to present it. You know, you don't actually have to physically press any of this stuff. You're archiving anyway, so it could be as a repository for the the existing and archival process and its revenue for the estate. Exactly, and you know there'll be a, you know there'll be a couple of thousand nerds that'll pay through the nose for it. I mean, I'm, hello, yeah, no, two I'd, of them here. I'd do that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> two of them here. Wow, right. he called me a prince nerd. <laughs> I've been ordained. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think that was no. Didn't we have a conversation a, a couple of weeks ago, and it was like I I said something, or I, I I remember saying something, and it was like, oh yeah, I do know my I do know my Prince stuff because sometimes I I doubt myself, and I was like, oh no no, I do I do know my oh that was it. We were talking about the um the the tape yeah that, that got released of uh, the Versace experience. No no no, it was the um, sampler experience. Sampler right. experience. It was like oh yeah, I did know I do do remember what. Well, I think it. Uh, you know, to me, it's not a competition. No, it, yeah, it's never a competition. But like I said, sometimes if, if you love if you love five albums and that's all you're into, you're still a fan. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's yeah. not going toe to toe or anything yeah, like that. I, I Playing trump cards with yeah, Prince. Right. Uh, so, what should we talk about now? So, I haven't finished with One Night Alone. Okay, you haven't finished One Night Alone. Okay. Is musically beautiful. I fell in love with this album. Like I fell in love with this album. Uh, dri- driving around Toronto on a one snowy day, listening to Avalanche. What well, one snowy week? Uh, you know, it is a beautiful snow record, and it <laughs> and snow record. Okay, yeah, go on. You know that kind of. It's mental image of you know, this, this summer records. You know that that's a perfect record for listening to the beach. Yeah, it's this is a perfect record for uh, you know driving, listen, driving, driving on a snowy day. It's, yeah, you, no, I understand that. There's, there's a, it's kind of like um, Charlie Brown's Christmas theme, the Gary Baldy kind yeah. of, like, you know, the plinky plonkiness of, of it is kind of almost like you know, snowdrops, the delicacy, and it's got some power behind it. Uh, interesting very interesting song choices and was there any music videos or in terms of nothing was nothing well there might be yeah there might be yeah that's Um, that's that's something for people who work in the vault to find yeah I so during that period how was it was it just how was it marketed because I can't you was marketed as you join the music club pay you a hundred dollars you get uh, prim- uh, priority access to sound checks and live shows, and you get three CDs, four CDs, mm-hmm. and the four CDs were One Night Alone, the two discs of One Night Alone uh, live, and the Elaine Over the After Shows. Now, if you have a look on the s- sleeve of One Night Alone, you'll mm-hmm. see that there is three unhatched eggs and one hatched egg of the symbol, which is the CD itself. For the f- because it was the first of the four CDs that was distributed. Um. So the artwork itself tells the story of what was meant to happen that year. So those three seed, those three blue eggs on the cover of One Night Alone, are the other three live CDs. See, this is why I mean you're friends. One Night Alone and the Truth were incredibly frustrating because it's like that thing of some of his best work just being hidden away 
somewhere and this is I mean how can you be mad or you know or frustrated about some of his best work getting attention which is what this is yeah exactly like think of it don't think of it in terms of I have to buy these things you don't have to buy these things the the state releases them and you don't have to buy them but what it does do is it shines a spotlight on an album that you know I don't even think Prince gave the, the albums their due you know but commercially they weren't no I mean but I don't think he gave them their due in terms of you know spending time like promoting and concentrating on the albums I think it, it but I don't think somebody like him ever could but was it more of like what I talked about about his connection to the fans and it was it was like he's done it he's put it out there and it's directly accessed by the fans and that yeah. was it that's all he needed to do yeah you know that connection was not without its frustrations yeah um, yeah because but people have roast tinted glasses about the past but everybody there was a lot of people who were frustrated that the other three CDs were live CDs because people were thinking four albums right okay and it's actually you know like three out three albums uh, but one of them being a two disc album and so that's three live CDs um, so people were frustrated at the time with that but you know in retrospect people have just come to I think love these for what they are it's a document of a period it's a great collective document of a of basically a year yeah hmm two at the stretch <laughs> a year and a half mm. so what's your thoughts on the whole the collection set or oh what them all being in one big box yeah. well you know it's just another way to package CD in other words another way to spot the light on it if you don't like it you don't need to buy it but like I said those those CDs weren't easy to come by yeah and given that, that actually that box set mm-hmm. is selling for less than the three disc version did in Tower Records at the time when it came out. How much was it when it came out? There was £85 in HMV and Tower Records for the three discs when it came out. So that box set, you've got the live DVD, the three discs that normally cost 85 commercially, plus the one night alone CD for, what is it, 38 bucks? Yeah. And I think it's going to be like about forty pounds or something like that. So, actually, it's incredible compared to what it was in two thousand and two. But the Aladdin thing was sold separately, wasn't it? And so was One Night Alone. So yeah. you you could only get all of those if you'd spent the hundred dollars, mm. right? So I think so, I the Aladdin on VHS. So those it? those four CDs were a hundred dollars plus more for the Aladdin DVD but now they're 40 so how can you be mad about that <laughs> yeah so four CDs one DVD yeah. I can yeah I think I got it was it on DVD or was it on VHS Aladdin I've definitely got Aladdin it. was DVD I don't think yeah, there was I think, VHS I think the last VHS was Rave right. to the year 2000 was the last VHS yeah, I, got that, I remember I got, I got that on DVD I love that yeah and one night alone the after show it ain't over yeah, this is the one that I said the artwork always looked... Bootleggy. Bootleggy. <laughs> Leggy, though. Yeah. But then, you know, that's... I think that is Afshin's first project, isn't it? 
with him is the one that I learned tour because his first night uh, I believe so I think he I think he talked about it when we went to the yeah. exhibition he's saying one of his first and one of his first nights was actually that London concert that Hammersmith Apollo yeah which was uh, you was it I wasn't yeah, yeah I wasn't it's the first night I met some friends of us uh, cat wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right. didn't know. We didn't realise it until like about a year after we'd been a re- year after we really knew each other, and um, and she was like, "Yeah, I remember going up and seeing, uh, you know, like see sneaking a peek at him, sound checking when the doors were closed, and you know, and I said, "Were you? <laughs> did you meet someone on the way back down?" And she said, "Yeah, there was one other person there," and I was like, "That was me. That was me." <laughs> Yeah, it's like me and Christopher um, Carrier, where um, I remember I'd met him before, and it was it only came recently, in the last two years. I remember meeting him before because I had one of the original T-shirts that you could only get the first night of 21 Nights. And I'd, I'd gone, so I think I went three times, and one of the times Christopher come up to me and he's like I want your t-shirt I want your t-shirt I was like I bought it he goes oh it was only available the the first night or it it sold out or something (laughs) and it was like and then I recently remembered it was like oh it was Christopher that I met that came up and talked to me about my t-shirt I was like oh right yeah completely forgot so is there anything more you want to talk about these reissues or is it more of I think my question to you is have you been happy with what's been reissued or been released before I say what you know give an overall blanket thing I kind of want to say something that's kind of illustrative of why I'm happy that of this particular group of reissues is how well do you know this material you as quite a big fan as as a really big fan of how well do you know these what rainbow children one night alone well but not well enough not yeah um and like with this reissues of what i'm gonna buy you know it's it's probably gonna re uh, reintroduce me to this era and I'm, I'm probably gonna spend more time with this stuff i'm probably gonna buy the cd set um because i'm not much of a vinyl collector yeah um i'm more digital and and cd and stuff but it's it's gonna i think it's just gonna I'm going to reinvest in that era if that makes sense yeah um, which is especially because someone like you when you talk about it and how we're talking now it's more of like oh right I need to I need yeah. to go back so I think if, think as a Prince saying. fan sorry as, as a Prince fan you always have your favourite errors and you kind of get stuck in it does that make sense yeah and you don't you don't venture out and then but sometimes when you venture out you do find tracks you're like oh yeah wow I love that track because there's always every time there's always like oh I didn't know that track I didn't know that track or someone says oh you need to listen to that and I'm like have I listened to that and I always you know I think I trust and this is the benefit of having Prince friends as Prince fans as friends now it's like you trust their opinion and you you go back or you go forward and you kind of move out of your comfort zone. Prince comfort zone, I think. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? I'm going to make it a thing. Well, I've had so many conversations where it's like, because the, the eras I like are on the, uh, not unpopular, but they're not the favourites. There's just some people, you know, you know, you have your Purple Rain people, you have your always Sign of the Time Love Sexy I, I, yeah, people. Yeah, I always split it between 80s fans and 90s fans, and then 
after 90s I, I but think. even 80s fans there's a kind of like three waves of 80s fans you have pre-purple rain purple rain and like sign of the times love sexy like people who that's their favorite era so yeah and whereas i'm kind of and then even with 90s you have like 90 91 to 96 yeah you have the dimes and pearls to gold yeah which is that's my strongest 91 to yeah 91 to 96 uh 97 is my strongest and then from 97 to 2000 and um, i'm okay and then anything after that and then to up to 2007 and then from that but then i'm kind of stronger in the last years because of my involvement my massive involvement in the community after that and kind of on on the pulse and the uh, hit and run tours and everything going on with social media and social media blowing up and everything after that so I'm, I've kind of got my strong periods and then my blank periods and I think this this era stuff that we're talking about now is kind of like my blank period of something I need to I need to do my homework more, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, I think that's... Am I going to get quizzed at the end of the, end of the month? It's like, yeah, have you done exactly. your homework? Have you done you your Prince homework? Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the things I think is one of the few things, apart from each other, yeah, and, uh, and I mean that in a kind of community sense, as in what we found with other Prince fans, one of the only good things that has happened since he's passed is the ability to take time to digest uh, periods that were like kind of rushed through because there was just another album coming and I think there's been a time to for myself I've actually played my favourite era the least since he passed I think yeah and I realised that today weirdly enough I realised that this morning when I was at work and played Interactive and Cullen Square and I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, and, you know, like I felt 18 for a second and I was like, I really haven't listened to this stuff in a while. Yeah, I'm the same. I have not, I've been listening to more of um, Artificial Age, I think more. Um, I've been invested in that album a lot more recently. I think Clouds and and uh, stuff like that. And my whole theory about the album of, you know, we, we, I think we've talked about it before about yeah. it, it, it being about him preserving himself digitally and kind and, of pros- prothetic, prophetic yeah, in a certain way. And even with the artwork about you know him looking into space and the galaxy, and I believe like the the stuff that he was working on was the galaxy. It was yeah. a name for it. Um, it was what on black and the blue black and. No, the the stuff that was found in the studio with it, no, the Galaxy... Freedom Galaxy. Freedom Galaxy, yeah. That, that's a line from one of the songs on Black is the New Black, the uh, uh, Mono Neon one. Right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and that whole... So I've been listening to a lot Rough of... Rough yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Artificial Age, because um, I love Clouds and You Know and, and stuff like that. So, But, yeah, a lot of my favourite era stuff I've not listened to for a while. Um, I've I've been taking actually weird enough I've been taking time to because of the uh, deluxe edition of Night Night Nine and the deluxe edition of Purple Rain. I've been spending and with the originals I've spent I've been spending a lot of time absorbing those demos and outtakes mm. a lot and kind of going through those and 
And there's also a book by Dwayne Tadal, the uh, really great book about Prince's. Is that the uh, my experience of or on no the note? Purple Rain sessions? Oh right, okay. and there's going to be another one next year with the parade sessions, and hopefully that coincides with uh, Parade Deluxe be- or, or Sign of the Times Deluxe because he it's every every studio date from you know that they can uh, got documented for from 1983 to 1984, and it's been interesting reading that book uh, and listening to those deluxe editions and kind of putting it in some sort of order and it's kind of it's been a great experience exploring those albums while reading that book because they a lot of a lot of the same years are covered yeah and at least the same relationships and his you know work ethic and when you read something like that do you then go back and listen to the the specific albums or or do you read it oh yeah, yeah yeah but to be quite honest i was never really i was never really somebody who was like I knew New Power Generation albums, I knew Maite's album, I knew you know One Eight Hundred New Funk, I knew you know uh, Mavis Staples The Voice, you know like I I knew those albums like those kind of protege albums from that era, Carmen Electra. Uh, I never really knew Time and Sheila E albums that well. Okay, and reading that book. Uh, because I think that's another important thing. I don't think that book would have really Do you have more had, appreciation? Had the same meaning, meaning. Do you have more appreciation for them albums once you read something like that? Yeah, I yeah. think it's. An, I actually think it's an essential read for anybody because there's so many books that deal with uh, Prince's relationships with people, mostly girlfriends and stuff like that, and in a kind of salacious way. But this kind of just tells you how that affected the studio and that's all I'm really interested in is the artistic output at the end of the day until that like so it's been four years right now mm-hmm. yeah four years in April that's four years in April if you count the individual tracks that weren't released before he died that is released now it's about 64 yeah oh yeah you, you did uh, yeah I did a count and I was I so I was just so surprised I was just like okay let's see what is you know I was expecting something like 30 songs do you think the pace like between re- po- uh, releases has been okay steady I, I think it's been it's not been too much and it's not been too little I think it's you know it's oh I'm the worst person to ask cause <laughs> Because, like, I'll have it all tomorrow if you want it. Yeah, just... I want to eat all the ice cream. Exactly. I mean, I want it to have vomit Prince tapes. <laughs> yeah. Eat some. Well... Uh, <laughs> Standing outside Pacey Park, Robin, you aren't going, you got any more reissues? Re- <laughs> I won't tell you what I'll do for a 1995 <laughs> Ultimate Tour soundboard. Um, I always remember that... Um, I think Reverend done it the the Photoshop of the Paisley Park and it looks like it's had a whole blasted blasted through and I I think at some point I was going to Photoshop you like running out (laughs) with everything I think back in the day I did a I I Photoshopped a thing like it was like an episode of Hoarders with the Paisley Park edition it's just like one clean up team tries to convince one hoarder (laughs) to release thousands of hours of unreleased material (laughs) but like I know you want everything now, but do you think the, the, the pace of the reissues? My only, my own uh, reissues is one thing. Okay, 
reissues reissues I'm just happy with they come out when they come out reissues are great that's stuff we've already had before in whatever form there's so many formats that they could come up on um, you could have the uh, MPG Music Club Adios as a podcast mm-hmm. um, as a and you could charge for that or free for that what have you I mean those could be a digital only they probably don't lend themselves to any kind of physical release but you could have them as an online podcast just promoting the idea of Prince's prolificness you can have all of those you can have a compilation of of songs that were never released physically you know uh, that girl thing, you know the stuff from Third Eye Tunes. That girl thing. Uh, um, yeah, it was a lot. Of same stuff page, in. different yep. book. P Funk. Uh, uh, what else? You know, like th- there's so many that I'm actually drawing blanks. Because this it's is where gla- I th- Glass Cutter. You know, songs as Silver Tongue. Just there are so many good songs that were just tossed away that day and gone the next. Some of them were gone the next week. You know, like. So, you know, uh, there was just some songs that were just like up for a couple of days and then gone. Um, but this is it, you know. I think with the reissues, with the vinyls and the CDs, there's a there's a physical product stream of revenue. But I also think, and in reality, that has to be profitable. Yeah, and part of the reason it needs to be profitable because here's the thing. People talk about archiving like people do it for the love of it. Archives are expensive. Yeah. To keep your stuff in Iron Mountain is expensive. To keep your stuff in a fireproof, you know, like with fi- a place with fire suppressors, a team of people making sure that those older tapes aren't degraded. I I get why they're going through the 80s and, you know, like stuff and that they're finding lots of tapes from like 1980s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Because you go through that stuff first, because that's the stuff that's prone to degrading. However, I do actually worry about some of the CDRs from the say late nineties, because those can fade. Just probably really? I didn't know. well, those can fade. Those can fail a lot faster than some of the tapes. So I hope that the CDRs are not being left in the sunlight. Yeah, ex- well, yeah. I think, and sometimes you you look at some of those pictures of Paisley Park the day. Yeah, yeah. and there was like blank CDs that probably had test mixes and stuff like that that were just kind of festooned across the floor yeah so uh, I hope that they're being restored this stuff all has to be profitable in the real world not in the fantasy world where we all get to open up where they get to open this massive archive and just flood the thing in one day in the real world this stuff has to make money because it takes money to store it has to make money you know Pacey Park has to make money because they have to pay land tax do you know what I mean yeah, the, no, the realities I are that's, just that's, you know, what they that's, are that's how I think about it as a Prince fan of everything costs money to preserve yeah. running Pacey Park costs money so whatever colour vinyl they want to reissue the new reissue in fine embrace it you can criticise but just make sure it's a productive one rather than just kind of saying you know this is so and so is you know so and so you know I'm guessing I'm reflecting internet speak of so and so is the devil they're just trying to you know you know, do this to his legacy, or they're trying to disrespect him personally. If they don't choose the same the color of vinyl that I wanted, that they're disrespecting his legacy. Um, in terms of new stuff, I get why they're focusing on the eighties. 
commercially. I get why they're I get why they're working on the eighties actually logistically in terms because they're going through the old tapes and the old tapes need to go through first and they're the most mm-hmm. uh, prone to degrade. Degrade. However, personally I'm kind of ready for a little bit of a deeper exploration with the unreleased stuff. I mean, the originals... Do you you think that's what fans really want? They want the unreleased stuff? Fans really want it at all. Fans really want, basically, to walk into Iron Mountain and just have a copy of everything. Yeah, can you just stick this on a hard drive, please? (laughs) You have to take what fans want with a pinch of salt, because, like, here's... Okay... Two fans, two random fans, in love with the same era. What is it you want to see? What is the one thing that you want to see more than anything else in the world? I was going to ask you the same question because I'll be stuck for an answer. It would be anything like I'd love to see a digital version of The Beautiful Experience as either a DVD or or something that, or anything to do with gold or... Uh, that period, yeah. um, like the tour stuff, the yeah. tours. The my first Prince concert I went to was uh, uh, the Gold Era, which was screen, which was because they had the multi screens, which was filmed multi screen. There's a multi screen soundboard pro shot, yeah, show of every night ready to go. Yeah, right, I'd, okay. I'd love to, I'd love to see that because my memory of the show I remember Marte flying around and Morris Hayes flying around uh, I remember the set and some of the songs and I remember the video on the screen saying release date never yeah. um, so I'd, I'd you know it, it's just more for my own I haven't got much and obviously it wasn't in the day of mobile phones or taking pictures and probably wouldn't have been able to do it then anyway but I'd like to I'd like to have things that I remember that I went to that I could I think one of the reasons why that why that era is important to uh, document and because so far none of the celebrations have showed any footage from that era Mm -hmm. I don't think no I don't Uh, they've not showed any footage from that era possibly because there's so much swearing that it's yeah you know the other thing is as well it's one of the more important eras okay so 2000s is important because of his uh, um, how how uh, his outreach into the online and being futurist late 90s but the mid 90s is where he talks about record contracts and stuff and that's another part of his legacy that's, that's kind of come around again recently with um, Stallion and her issues with her contract and- well, look, look he was ridiculed absolutely ridiculed at the time because of the way he went about it because you know cryptic speeching and stuff like that but what he was saying turns out everybody's on his page now pretty much yeah and it's all about you know. streaming music and the revenue that they make with the streaming I think I think that's recently come up with Lizzo that she's talked about how much she earns or something yeah. about with streaming and, with streaming yeah. and stuff like that and look at the beautiful experience that if that is not a film in a film from 1994 predicting pretty much the end of the current Way, uh, what was then the current idea of the uh, music business being deconstructed it's all going online and we're going to watch videos on request from our home (laughs) (coughs) 
YouTube. You know, but like this is it. This is this is my you know. fascination with Prince. Is that a lot of stuff that he he did and whatever was predicted of what it is now. Yeah, and that that's me in terms of my love for Prince and technology. In in the in in the in terms of music history, beautiful experience, a woefully like thrown away. Uh, would almost seem like a vanity piece at the time. Yeah. Is now a wonderfully predictive important part of the the pre the pre-shocks to the main earthquake that was Napster. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of the warning shots across the bow that the music industry didn't listen to was the beautiful experience. It's an important film historically now. And that's why I think, uh, to me, that's why I think a big, f- and since that concert, the beautiful experience concert was filmed, I think it was either 16 or 35 mil. Cause he talks about changing the cameras in one of the bootlegs. Oh, really? Yeah. They said, we're going to take a pause so they can reload the cameras. So it sounds like it was film stock. So that would mean that they probably could do a 4K scan of that rather than like an SD kind of rip of of a VHS. Dear Paisley Park. Dear Paisley Park. So what would you want to see reissued? Surely the the beautiful experience would be an important one. Uh, What would you think an 80s fan would want? What do you think a 90s fan would want? What would you think? That's my point is that... Everyone wants different things. Everyone wants different things. So the 80s fans have got their... The 80s fans have got theirs. But the 90s fans are still waiting. Yeah. Because we've kind of got 80s stuff and now 2000 stuff. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah, and remember, beautiful. Uh, remember, sorry, beautiful experience. Got that in my brain now. Diamonds and pearls was his like second or third. I mean, if you don't count Batman, yeah, we talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, it was the, one of the pop quiz yeah. questions. And in mm. fact, because Purple Rain wasn't was part of a soundtrack too, Diamonds and Pearls is his most commercial album that wasn't part of any film. So you know, Get Off Cream, they were big hits. That era deserves and. Um, some of us remember that just as fondly Mm. I know if you ask most people if you say the word prince they imagine the prince from Purple Rain but if you say the word prince to me I imagine sexy MF video get off video Mm. prince with the typhoon haircut that to me is prince but you know each one has their own each one has their own but in terms of going back to what we talked about about a subscription service or something like that I'd like to see the estate kind of embrace the community I had two ideas in my head of doing something like Prince stories where because a lot of popular videos I've seen on social media has always been where celebrities tell their stories of oh this is what happened when I met Prince uh Regina King talked about meeting him in the lift or Dave Grohl does uh, a concert yeah and um, Dave Chappelle about um, how Prince flipped the um, breakfast can wait and stuck him on the on the yeah on the cover Um, like what I'd like to see is Questlove just sitting with another celebrity just talking about their Prince stories that's all I'd want to you know, and each per each celebrity has their own little print story, and I'd love to see something like that, like a round table. Yeah, like a round table. Yeah, similar to what the um, is it the Hollywood Reporter or uh, where they have all the 
uh, directors or the actresses and stuff like that, and they have like a round. Just, just because I think that you know, it's it's. I love that. I love hearing celebrity stories of their experience with Prince because it's kind of unique and it's obviously something that's not yeah. well known. And then the other thing I'd like to see is something like the the, the estate of Brace, uh, embracing the fans uh, and doing something similar to what the, that recent book about I Was There. Yeah. Um, where either fans get interviewed or in, perhaps embracing the yeah. other Prince podcasts. You can, Yeah, you, can, you kind of got... Uh, um you kind of got that section on the Prince website, like what Prince means to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. That's a good direction. Yeah, I don't know what kind of where fans yeah. could even submit their stories and share it with uh, other fans, or yeah. they embrace the other podcasts like uh, Peach and Black, um, Prince Pod- podcast, Prince podcast, um, Muse of Pharaoh, and stuff like that. Violet where reality, violent reality of like they embrace the community. And have that. So basically, a con, a place where you can get content and share content. And I think you know, and fans. That's cons- that'd be great. I think that'd be an enjoyable thing. I want. Uh, I because my point being, obviously, you've got the physical distribution of the reissues yeah. and stuff like that. So that's a revenue stream. But and then another revenue stream could be a digital place where fans could subscribe and there would be content there for them I think and I think I th- fans would do it I think fans would I, th- do it. I, I think like an archive yeah archive in the vault diary would be fantastic and not just the vault Arch- because you could, you can have it as like the Paisley archives or whatever you can have the archive the vault and finding what tapes but then you've also got what guitars and outfits you know like because there's so many different facets people are interested in the fashion as much as the music and yeah fashion you know and um, the guitars, yeah, exactly. So, well, this is it. You could have like an article a month, or like on, yeah. on the guitars. They're they're doing really well with like the Facebooks and the Instagrams of just saying this, uh, you know, this object, you know, like this object and stuff like that. Um, they do that quite a bit, but for me, I kind of want like a, a bit more involved. One like a tape. This was made on this day. These. Are the- also, the other thing I'd like to, I mean, from a documentary kind of point, if we're talking about like things that are being made, not as opposed to just things oh, that are being released. Put the question out, because I know we talked about this as well, uh, the question of like, what would you like to see? Was it reissued or on sale? And you, me, I immediately put mic gun yeah, in the, big oh, capital. Did you? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I said, the gun mic. <laughs> it was like, what would you, because obviously we've got the three chains of gold that I, I bought when I was out there. Uh, I've got the gold you, chain hat yeah, and, and the three chains of gold. Three chains of gold. And it was like, you need uh, the mic gun to complete the set. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much gunning for the entire My Name is Prince outfit, but you know. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's like, I want, this is the one thing, I've, I know I've said this a million times, it's the one thing I've always wanted when I, it was like the mic gun. I want the mic gun because yeah. it was just so cool. But it you was, want it as a working microphone? No, I wouldn't microphone. want it as a working mic. I just want to walk around and just probably reenact sexy MF in you, my head. Yeah, I don't so know. you could do like an ornamental one. <laughs> I think I told you the story. It was probably on the other podcasts. Of like I got in trouble. I was working in cinema and I kept on swinging my torch 
pretending it was the mic gun and I got into trouble. Of course, they didn't realise that. They just thought you was like pointing this torch at people like it was a gun. Yeah, it's I was, gone power I was spinning, it, spinning it on my finger and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's like this. <laughs> so ever since then, I've always wanted, I've always wanted the mic gun. But yeah, so that's I think I think that's is it. I, I wouldn't mind a documentary or something where they, are, um, or you know, like kind of like say content clips for the Prince YouTube or something where they take a tape out of the vault and have the engineer come in and listen to the tape of an unreleased song or something and the uh, the engineer that recorded it was in the studio with him talk through it say something from 1983 and you'd call in like Peggy McCreary or you'd talk in about and you'd invite in uh, Susan Rogers Kyle Bess from the 90s, Sylvia Massey, uh, and that Michael could all- Copeman. You bring them in with a tape that they engineered and they talk you through the set. They talk you through that session with the tape there, you know. Yeah, and that would be interesting. And, and, and the geeky part of my head is like, oh, yeah, you could live stream that. Um, and then then that gets archived and then people can watch it. It's, like yeah. I said, it's the it's the the Netflix for Prince fans it's yeah it's MPG Music Club Plus I, I suppose yeah and especially in this day and age of subscription services it, the, 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 I think the content is there and you can create there's, con- there's the archive content there but there's also content that you can then create and, and monetize that but the, I mean there's there's also I mean you got the thing that there's more there's more content than you can actually uh release in one lifetime mm. so and obviously with that content you wouldn't release it all you would do it monthly because once you, you would want people if they were subscribing you want the content you want people to not just subscribe for one month and then quit like go through the whole lot and I don't yeah. think anyone could anyway <laughs> no I mean you can have things like this there's you know there's internet TV companies or production companies where they have several different shows mm. so you could have it like that I mean you could have one show Prince in, Plus <laughs> yeah you can have like Re- rehearsal or live thing gets uh, um, a rehearsal gets isn't that what he did with the original MPG Music Club he did like releases monthly monthly yeah but what you could do is of each month you could break it down into four different programs so li- a, a new live or sound check or something on the first week uh, a new video clip on the second week uh, a studio take or demo on the third week and uh, uh, a content like uh, um engineer going through the tapes or something like that, or or a kind of tour around Paisley Park, yeah, that camera tour around Paisley Park, uh, or focus on a room in Paisley Park on the fourth week. So and that repeats itself, like and you know. Well, that's the other thing. If you if you for people that can't afford to go to celebration or you know stream that online. Yeah.